and welcome to the Underpowered Podcast, a gaming podcast where we battle our backlog, revealing what is worth your time, money, and energy. I'm Shelby Stokes, and on the cast today, my partner in crime, Casey Cool, yo, and friends of the show, founder and co-founder of Vox Pop Games Incorporated, Charles Yu, and Mark Anthony Rodriguez. Welcome, guys. Hi, how's it going, guys? <laughs> it's going good. We're very excited to have you here. We're excited to be here. Yeah, thanks for joining us. I know it's kind of late uh, where you guys are, so thanks for burning the candle at both ends. Yeah, Mark's the trooper. <laughs> it's the nature of the, it's the nature of the beast here, so it's all good. No worries. So you guys are out in New York, um, and you are up very late to be talking to us Pacific West Coasters here. It's all good. I I, li- I lived in the Bay Area, so and I dealt with Osaka right. timeline, so. And, and dealt with the Shanghai timeline, so I'm all good. <laughs> well, you know, I, I do, like, I'm the producer, and I do research, and I looked at your, like, your LinkedIn mark, and I'm like, oh, he went to Stanford, great, he is really smart. <laughs> like, I was really intimidated as soon as I saw this, like, all right. Well, Charles Charles is the real, Charles is the prodigy here. Charles is the NYU Tisch. Oh, I, man. I, I, I have I have no comparison to what, he, what his uh, education <laughs> background is, but I, I, I envy the game school stuff, the game center stuff. So yeah. I always, uh, I always, uh, bend the knee to the ceo of vox Bob. shelby and i went to a state college so we can drink a lot that's about <laughs> no so did i well so did i i went i started i went to stony brook i went to stony brook university so for under oh that's right that's um, right that's right i majored in game design at nyu but i was part of the first class that they were offering it as a undergraduate program they did not they did, i was part of the first year when they'd opened the program and the program was hilariously slapdash for basically the entire first year. <laughs> it was held together by duct tape, man. Uh, <laughs> like all game design. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Right? <laughs> How did you guys get together? How did you start your company? Let's let's start with the beginning. How did you guys meet up? Uh, Mark and I sort of ran in the same circles for a long time. When I, as a student in NYU, I did spend a lot of time going to like game jams and like ice cream socials and stuff. Mark, prior to joining Vox Pop, actually he was working on his own uh, indie dev uh, discovery uh, company called uh, uh, Grummelworks. Uh, Mark, would you like to talk a little bit more about Grummelworks? Yeah, I, I, it, it was uh, exactly that. It was an indie, the indie discovery consultation, similar to what I'm doing now for, for Vox Pop, essentially, which is trying to work with as many independent developers as possible get recognition, get their names out, get their products out in, in an orderly fashion because there's a lot of junior game designers or, you know, f- fresh out of college grads that want to get into game design and just have no clue. Uh, so I was working at Rockstar. F- I started my career at Rockstar back in 2005. I'm the old young man or young old man. Um, and then uh, uh, left there, went to Capcom. Uh, left there, went to Perfect World to start the Arc uh, platform. Uh, left there, went to do game streaming with baseball and Disney streaming services. Uh, all the while working on this um, consulting group, uh, Grummelworks. Uh, like Charles mentioned, we we had crossed path uh, many times, and I saw a listing um, uh, with LinkedIn for him starting this company. And uh, the rest is sort of history. We're building on history. Yeah, right um, we we got we got connected over LinkedIn while I was trying to start Vox Pop, and um, I feel very fortunate to have Mark here. Uh, he really contributes a, a lot of the insight and experience that um, I don't necessarily have directly. And uh, uh, yeah, 
uh, we've been pulling ever since. Yeah, Charles. Charles is my brother, partner. It's it's everything. My work husband, everything. So we're good. <laughs> Shelby's that for me. Shelby, they're the same. Exactly. The I, I know. You, I know you were saying it. I know you were. I know you were, <laughs> Shelby was like itching to say it. <laughs> That's right. Yeah, we, we. I know exactly what a work husband feels like. Uh, it's awesome. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. What is it that Vox Pop does? What does your company do for those that are new or never heard about? Uh, Vox Pop really started when I was first trying to look into how I was going to market and uh, sell my own games uh, post-graduation. And I realized that without some kind of huge marketing budget or an existing online audience, I was going to have a really hard time breaking through to any kind of customer base. Um, of course, meanwhile, uh, many influencers are having the opposite problem, uh, especially people who are just starting to try and do um, uh, YouTube or uh, streaming or even podcasts uh, professionally. Many people struggle to sort of find those sponsorship opportunities um, and uh, find ways to take a share in the products that they help promote. So uh, that's where VoxPop comes in. VoxPop is a peer-to-peer game distribution platform with a profit-sharing business model. Uh, how it works is whenever a developer puts their game on VoxPop, they must specify a percentage of their game's sale to reserve as user uh, incentives. And then any user who helps that game get sold, for example, through recommendations, right? They get that percentage as cash. Whoa. Right? Um, <laughs> oh, look at that. And, uh, <laughs> yeah. That's, that's, a, that's a good sign, man. You're not the first, but I like that. I like yeah. that little, you got, I want that cut out. <laughs> okay. Now, wow. now um, yeah. having that default percentage, what that means is uh, people, especially people with a smaller audience, they don't need to have any kind of specific deal. They don't need to come down to some contract. If you're the kind of influencer that big companies would say is too small to be worth engaging, you can still find a place promoting uh, things on VoxPop. Um, uh, but uh, in addition to that, devs can also give specific percentages to specific users. And we really see this as a way for devs to engage those influencers that would otherwise be unreachable. Right? You go up to somebody and you say, hey, man, normally, you know, these days it's not enough to just give somebody a free copy and hope they'll actually play your game. Right. Instead, you can go, hey, right. man. Or if they or if they'll do, they'll. Yeah. Or if they do, they'll just like set it and forget it. It's like I played this once. I don't need to. That's what this show's revisit. about. Yes. Backlogs. Yeah. 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 <laughs> we, we're with, yeah you'll go. Sure. Hey, most people, I'll give them 10 percent if they, you know, recommend my game. But I'll give you 20 percent, 30 percent if you play my game in front of your audience. Right. It's it's a way to leverage some of your future income to, to purchase some recognition now. Uh, streamers cool. for streamers, uh, they get a neat little recommendation link. You just post that wherever that you would normally post a Patreon or a Kofi, and people can go to your page. They can see all the games you're recommending, anything they purchase from that page that is in your pocket, right? Um, and uh, we actually have testimony um, from some of our streamers that many of their audience, people who are normally reticent to donate for content that they get for free, right? Um, they are much more willing to actually make a purchase to support the streamers that they, uh, um, that they like, because now they're getting something. Right. Better. And it's out in the open then too. Like when a streamer is playing something because it was given to them and the company's doing it, like, I, I kind of like it when a streamer or anybody is just, here's my cards. I'm doing this because so-and-so I'm going to give you my honest insight. 
because then we're all on a level playing field and then the recommendations are real because like that's been our space this year is we've been trying to figure out how do we review games how do we recommend games so that's great that cuts out it it, it lets it makes it cuts out the nonsense well you guys will be perfect users on our platform i mean i, I <laughs> if you're if you're i'm not trying to sell you on a sign up but just sign up to get your handle at least mm-hmm. by the end of this show. yeah no i downloaded it okay, today perfect actually. so, so you, i was already already the wheels were already turning but i wanted to hear check it. out the check out the back cat well you're gonna this is the back catalog so yeah. you're gonna check out a, another another back catalog oh, great. but there's a bunch of cool stuff i'm pretty certain you guys haven't uh checked out yet on any platform and there's a bunch of stuff that we have exclusive to our store that you're just not going to be able to find anywhere else you guys obviously yep. love gaming right that's why you got into gaming how do you make time with your busy schedules yes. to game what, what is your like your how do you fit gaming into your day-to-day i'm curious mm. i kind of don't uh <laughs> <laughs> oh no i have i have to technically charles charles is the ceo through and through so he's do, he's making he's making sure that we're we are standing on two feet for for 2026 to 2036 and beyond um so He's the consummate, like face of the the business. I am the operations and everything, so I'm dealing with all the contract negotiations for the publishers, the small indie developers, making sure that the games are are, are caliber and quality. Uh, we also have Holly Welch, who's our uh, social media manager, five tool player around the bat. Uh, um, uh, Alicia Augustine is our uh, uh, so, um, software engineering platform engineering uh, team. Uh, so we're a small, lean team, but each of us has a fingerprint on the uh, curation of the storefront. Uh, to give a more serious answer to your question, um, oh. and this is this is less true for the other members of for our sure. team, but it, it is definitely true of me and Mark. Um, for a startup, like a small company, you ultimately have to work more hours than in a traditional job. But uh, at the same time, you do have a little bit more freedom in how you push things around uh, in terms of your schedule. Um, So uh, what happens is like on days where maybe there's a little less work, you can sort of push your time around so that you do have a little bit more time to um, do some other stuff uh, that uh, uh, you you would normally make time for. Yeah, like getting groceries. Like sometimes as an entrepreneur, it just doesn't happen. You know what I mean? <laughs> well, no. I, well, I also have a three-year-old uh, in-house. My wife is amazing, super wife. She is the reason why I uh, partnered with Charles to begin with. So uh, the, nice. the main reason for me and, uh, you know, meeting with Charles and uh, our executive chairman, Dr. Yu, is That's to cool. basically, uh, to, to push the to shift the paradigm and push the envelope forward on what indie games are considered and what can be accomplished with independent developers as well as streamers and content. Yeah. So where does your passion mark come for indie games? Cause I know that you've worked at some pretty big yes. studios. It sounds like, is this just something that's kind of been on the back of your mind? Like how can I support indies? Is that something that you've kind of been drawn no, towards? No, it, it, I'm going to, I'm going to, I'm going to share with you guys. And I've spoke ad nauseum. Charles is going to like <laughs> hate me for regurgitating this. Um, every single AAA game has the DNA of independent ideas from stolen directly lifted without any sort of back burner, sort of like creditation from uh, uh, independent titles. So working at Rockstar, the reason that there's a Rockstar games and the reason why you play Red Dead Redemption 2 and there's so many multiple facets of those games that they're pretty much ecosystems within themselves, within those games, GTA, 
uh, all of those open world uh, ideas are thousands of hours of feedbacking every other type of game and implementing those ideas into 25 page reports each given week wow. from the quality assurance department, the, the, the product placement. So that's what makes, that's what makes the greats great. Uh, uh, Rockstar is not the pinnacle of anything, but they, they do know. And I try to inject that in every single thing that I do with VoxHop is incorporation of feedback is the only way you're going to mm-hmm. survive being able to be on the fly being able to um adapt and um uh make things palpable for larger audiences is the exactly it's the it's the cornerstone of any good mm-hmm. business so the one thing that i took besides like developing does, yeah. the thickest skin you could possibly get from working at a game company like that mm-hmm. is it, it takes a million ideas to make one a million uh, one billion dollar piece of yeah. art. So if we can do that with the four verticals that we have for Vox Pop um, and into the future, uh, I think we're in a very good situation because we're constantly getting feedback from the audience, constantly getting feedback. So yes, I have a passion for indie games. Long story short, uh, and the reason uh, is because of training and because of my jobs throughout every single career, every single game job that I've had has been utilizing going to the roots of independent creation and independent creators. Charles is a brilliant game designer. We're going to get his games on the store. I have some games on the back burners. I've been dying to, you know, build out. That's those, that's one of our verticals, but in, in believe you, me, indie games are going to fuel the games Indie ideas, independent ideas from independent games are going to fuel the games. I love hearing that. Now, you guys being fueled on games, what is your, like, when you think of games, what do you grow up playing? What are your passions for games? Like, what games define you as, this game is what I like to play, these are the games I played that shaped how I game today? Or And what are you currently playing? I guess that's a two-pronged question. I'd like to hear your, the evolution of your gaming. I have a number of games that I were, that I played a lot as a kid. Um, Elder Scrolls Oblivion is a big one for me. Uh, but in terms of games that were formative to me in terms of my career, um, there was this old flash game, uh, called every day, the same dream. Um, and what it is, is if you, it's a, it's a side scrolling story-based game, but if you keep moving right and interacting with every object, the way that we are sort of trained to in the language of games what ends up happening is you get out of bed, you get dressed, you get stuck in traffic and you go to work and then you wake up in bed again. And the game is all about finding subtle ways to sort of rebel against the, the, the standards of side-scrolling games. And one of those ways, which will sound ludicrously simple to anyone who doesn't really understand the language of games, is once you get to ground level, you just move left. That's one of the ways you can rebel against this system. And it's, it feels so obvious when you first do it um, that it kind of breaks you out of, it makes you think about the language that games have in common and the ways that you've been trained to sort of interact with them. That was the first game that I'd played that really got me thinking about game mechanics as a narrative tool and how you can use them to communicate an idea uh, that's bigger than just mm. what's the plain text in front of you. Um, and that's what made me interested in becoming a game designer, uh, which is uh, uh, really what uh, brought me here. 
Uh, Mark. Oh, well, well, uh, well Ch- Charles, what are you playing recently? I think the two prong was, what are you playing recently? Oh, playing recently. Yeah, guys, you already, I already said that. <laughs> yeah, what's, what's, what's in your backlog? <laughs> All I do these days, I play online. Um, I log in to do my dailies and then I log out. And that's, that's, that's Elder Scrolls online. Dude, we've been having a lot of talk about that in Discord. A lot of people are eyeing that and want to get on ship to that right now. That's, <laughs> oh, listen. I can, yeah, I, I just uh, queued up the download. <laughs> Am I getting in deep, Charles? Is it going to be, is it going to be bad? Uh, yes. So anyway, first you must understand the lore. Uh, no, I, <laughs> I, I could, I could talk, uh, I could talk Elder Scrolls all day, but we're, that's not what we're here to do. <laughs> What about you, Mark? What do you what's what's your gaming history and what are you playing now? It's a it's a smorgasbord. It's too many games. It's so much content. Uh, the identifiers. Let's start from reverse. Uh, key game game that got me my career uh, in gaming. Um, everyone likes to think that when you like try and apply to these like uh, killer jobs when you come out of school and you want to go to like a big you want to you know work for EA or Blizzard or Riot or any of these big studios like you're going to pander to them you're like of course League of Legends is the the best game it's the game the reason why I started it it's my favorite game since I was uh the reason I started my career reason I got my job and I beat out 200 other candidates is twofold one, um, Lance Williams, which I've always given him credit first and foremost. He was a guy who took a bet on a kid from Brooklyn, and uh, he read my dissertation on uh, my favorite game, which is Super Punch-Out for the Super Nintendo Entertainment System. Okay. Um, that game is is a mixture of fighting. Uh, it's a rhythm game. Yes, it is. It some, has some of the most uh, amazing graphical fidelity. Uh, it has the twin brothers at the end, where one brother you could beat in less than two seconds, and the other one will wash you uh, faster than Mike Tyson. Um, it's got so many terrible racial stereotypes that are just not really uh, 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 worth getting into. Uh, but when you're growing up in the 90s, that's all it was. And it was coming from... It just was like, yeah. 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 There was a, there's, there's the Jamaican guy. There's the the drunk Irish guy. There's the, it's, mm-hmm. it's, 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 the, the NES one, the dr- Soda Popinski. They, yeah, they, they, they remake vodka yeah, in, yeah, exactly. in Nintendo Japan. Yeah, yeah, well, yeah. so this is the, this is the Super NES one. It's on the Switch. You can get it on uh, the SNES uh, downloader. Store, yeah. Yeah, it's, the classic it's, it's, store. yeah, it's part of the classic uh, collection. What I'm playing lately and recently, um, uh, like I said, I don't know if you guys will uh, check this out, but my game of... Uh, I did an article on Medium about the top, my top 10 games of last year. Uh, my number one game was Captain Tsubasa and the Rise of Champions. Uh, oh, the soccer game. The soccer, the soccer. There you go. Yeah, Look at you. Cool. Look yeah, at you. it was the anime one. Yeah, yeah. Exactly. That one looked, I wanted to download that. I was into Because I, as a kid, I loved Mega Man soccer. Yeah. I was like, this is like the evolution of anime soccer. And I'm a huge anime It, it, so it like, checks all the boxes for me because I'm a big uh, uh, Japanophile. Uh, okay. I get to play as anime. I get to have my children play on teams that they'll never be able to play as. I get to play with my children as characters. That's cool. Um, so yeah, that's uh, that was my number one game for last year. That's a game I put like a good uh, sleepless nights into because my right son would, my son would get up and put him to sleep, and then I'll play that on the Switch before my wife took over the Switch from Animal Crossing during the pandemic. <laughs> Dude, um, tell me about that. No joke. Yeah. Like my Switch. Uh... I need to get another one because of Animal Crossing in my house. You bur- well, I, I burned out two fans. I had to change out two fans. Yeah, my well, I'm not gonna. I'm gonna blame it on my wife. Just like I'm gonna give her credit for getting me into Vox right. Pop. 
I'm blaming him for breaking the switch and having yes. to replace two pros fans. and cons <laughs> to any working relationship, right? <laughs> <laughs> but yeah, that's it. That's that's pretty much it. I I can like Charles said, he could go on for days with the uh, Elder Scrolls lore. I could go on for days for all the content that I have to consume just on a daily basis. <clears throat> I love hearing that Super Punch Out. I have fond memories of Punch Out. So, like, my dad growing up worked at Nintendo of America. Oh. And that's one of the Punch Out's one of the first games that I remember playing with him when I was like four or five. And he would beat Mike Tyson. Awesome, dude. Secrets. That's awesome. Yeah, yeah. I have very, and so I, I show my son. So he worked in Red. He worked in yeah, Red. You're in, you're in, I'm in Tacoma, oh, Washington. In, I, my dad worked for Nintendo T- for ah. 12 years and they worked for Electronic Arts for six. Like, he was, I grew up. Around, awesome, awesome, awesome. I love C Tech. I love C Tech, dude. I was there. I was there for. I was there for. Uh, so I've been to C Tech twice. I was there for PAX yeah. Prime uh, twice, and I just love Seattle, Tacoma yeah. area. I've been to Oregon. I, it's well, if you guys are back it's at really PAX, cool. we'll, we'll meet up, and beers are on us for sure. Well, let's let's all once we get past the E yes. three digital E three that we can oh. talk about in a little yeah. while. Uh, last last PAX Charles and I went to was Boston. Oh, that was the PAX East. Like, yeah, PAX East. But like pandemic, like peak. Oh, it was like oh. at the very start um, when nobody really knew what was going on. It was kind of a weird. Yeah, seeing people with cosplay and like the, the people didn't know what this was. People didn't know right. what Corona was. They knew something was happening since November, but they didn't know what this was going to become. Like seven in New York, seven hundred people were dying a day. Whoa. It was crazy. Nobody was nobody was wearing masks except the staff, and they were like staff members at every escalator whose only job was to stand next to the escalator with like an alcohol swab and hold it onto the, uh, yeah. Uh, the, the escalator. Railway. Oh, cause it was, pre- really it was very worried about the surfaces at that time too. Dude, it was, it was okay. So it was the smallest, uh, um, they said they set records, but I think that was just for sales mm-hmm. of tickets. It was the smallest size because I've, I've gone to over like 20 of these events been to 43s and PAX Prime and all this stuff. And it was Charles's, yeah, it was, you know, first. Yeah, it was, my, uh, it was the first uh, sort of big gaming conference that I'd ever been to. But Mark had been to like a ton. Yeah, I was like, this this is look, this is looks weird. <laughs> to me, it was like the, the, the craziest, biggest like number of people shoved into a conference, you know, like <laughs> yeah. uh, into a single building that I'd ever seen. And then Mark was like, man, it's tiny this year. <laughs> God, there's like no one here. It's a ghost town. <laughs> Yeah. Ghost town. <laughs> That's crazy. That was amazing. That was an amazing trip. Um, but yeah, it was probably what's well, like the last thing you did too, right? I'm sure before everything fell apart. Yeah, and it was and it was a pre it was a precursor for a lot of devastation yeah. when it comes to yeah. live events. There's a lot of people that I know that work in live events. All of them are unemployed now. Yeah, that, all of them. That's actually where my career was before the pandemic was in live events. And you know, we'd base. I know the majority of people that I work with are kind of just looking for new career paths right now. It is so yeah. just traumatic for that uh, line of work in general. It's it's a really weird time. And if you think back to like PAX West that Casey and I have been to a couple of times, that was such a huge convention, you know, spanning multiple hotels, multiple like, blocks yeah. being taken up by real different buildings. Yeah. yeah. Like you can't even imagine a world where they go back to that in the near future. It's just a really weird time. Well, now there, uh, this is another crazy thing that I spoke to Charles about in our drive up. I'm, I'm a wrestling Mark. So I'm a, like a wrestling stand. 
uh, and and um, they're having WrestleMania this weekend. Yeah, I was gonna say this uh-huh. is like your your big holiday, right? This is a high holiday for wrestling. It, it's fans. a high. It's the high holiday, but it's also <laughs> yeah. they are packed. They are not packing. They're in Tampa and they're doing a stadium that would seat sixty nine thousand and maxing it at twenty five k per day. Everyone has to sign a waiver to get in, and they all have to have at least first dose vaccine. And like it's like and it's crazy. I like I don't even know how the hell we're gonna go back to the movie theaters. Like how is that gonna happen? You know, yeah. how am I gonna see uh, Kong versus Zilla two, <laughs> the Revenge of Kong? I don't know. How am I gonna <laughs> go see Black Widow? Man, it comes out real oh, soon. That's it feels right. like. Oh, you'll pay thirty dollars yeah. on Disney Plus. That's how you're. Nah, I'll wait. I'll wait. A, I'll wait a month and a half Same. before it goes back to regular regular service. I just was reading that today. I forgot about WrestleMania. Well, and the UFC is going to have their first event in like a month in Tampa too, or Jacksonville, and it's going to have fifteen thousand people. Yeah, Florida is like the sort of petri litmus yeah. test. Sort they're of they're thing. Florida man. It's re- it's real. Like they're they're their own species of people. Them in Texas, you don't you know let them do what they want. Someone's got to be first. It might as well be Florida. You know. Yeah. <laughs> Well, speaking of petri dishes, I've been playing a game that uh, is not a petri dish. It is something that I'm really loving, but some of the monsters look like they come in a petri dish, and that's Monster Hunter Rise. And I, I brought something to class today because I want to show you guys. We're going to play a little like picture test, okay? I'm going to show you a monster here that I took a picture of. Oh god! And I want you to tell me what image comes to your mind. Now I'm showing you on my Switch, okay? You're gonna give me PTSD from Capcom days, dude. I, I'm not gonna. <laughs> I'm good. This Charles, I'm leaning into you. Help me, brother. Help me. When you look at this image, <laughs> it's a collapsed snowman. Uh that one Dark Souls boss that's like a skin, a dragon with skin. Um, he his name Kezu. It, it's a giant dong. Like when you look at it, it's it's like it's there's no there's no doubt about it. It's 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 Capcom, dude. Yes, it is <laughs> fully. I I had to ask a couple we put, people. They, we put dongs in everything. They do. They do. <laughs> that's the secret to their success. I had no idea. That's a, that's a secret to this everything. Got it. Okay. It's in Devil May Cry. It's in Dead Rising. It's definitely in Resident Evil. Oh yeah, Resident Evil had some creepy monsters too. That really took me aback when I was playing because my five-year-old came out and was, I was like, go, you need to, hey, can you go get me something? Like, this is not, because he likes to see some of the monsters. He saw there's like a turtle, sumo, platypus that we killed. I, I love the grouping up of it. It gives me that uh, Blizzard feeling of doing a WoW boss. Like, I, I'm really liking it. And they made this game accessible yeah. for the first time in that Monster Hunter Worlds made things a lot easier. But this is this entry has made everything just, you can fly yeah. in. There's some reading at the beginning, so if you get text overwhelmed from like uh, from how to play, you might want to take your face. But you, you can just group up. We we had our Discord going. We had like four or five guys like rotating in now, and uh, it's been great. Uh, it's such a good game, and I think for price of entry right now, if you're interested in Monster, if you have the time, it is a time commitment too because you got to group up. But you can mm. because of the dog and the cat, you can solo things really easy and get through the story mode. And you can ride a dog. I'm, I'm telling you, game of the year. You can ride a dog, guys. <laughs> Besides petting the dog, you can you can do more. You can well, ride it. Uh, if the palicos are back, I oh, know. they are. They, and you can. I have I have four palicos. I have four palamuts. I'm I'm in the 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 pet meta game. I'm like, okay, how can I build me the best pets and have them do all the work? I I always so I work so I worked on uh, you know spoiler alert I worked there. Uh, uh, I got too much of a fill and I got too much of a time sink at the Monster Hunter. But the the biggest jam for me was Dragon's Dogma. 
Um, that was my I saw. Yes, I played that last year. I don't want to say feather in the cap, but the the amount of feedback that we did to make that thing easily, quite frankly, one of the best JRPGs that's happened in the past 10, 15 years. Um, it, it, it's part of the team that I was working with directly at Osaka and out of San Mateo, California, uh, because we were just like, this isn't going to work. You guys cannot limit anything. You're not going to limit a Griffin fight. You're not going to limit like these. The, the pawn system was terrible and it was their answer to handling multiplayer. Yeah. <laughs> uh, Charles, Charles so knows. Charles just came down and high. Have some kind of multiplayer yeah, function. Yeah, exactly. Charles is Charles is absent. I took Charles. If I would have tell bro, you would listen. Let's just <laughs> that would have been nice. They don't have an answer for multi, so I summon thee. You should not pass. You should not. So they're spamming the voiceover. I'm a voice in the game. They're spamming. Are you? Dude, it's horrible. I'm a voice in. I'm a voice in that. I'm a voice in that game, and I'm a voice in like a bunch of GTAs and RDR and all that stuff. Um, nice. But the the that was my so between that and Monster Hunter, I sort of needed the detox. Uh, For so sure. I'm not gonna pick up Rise. I know. It, no. I just I w- I want to focus so much more on the storefront items and the cool stuff that our dev that our dev partners are building and our dev mm-hmm. publishing houses are building and also the stuff that we're going to build that's that's where but right. i'm definitely going to ja- i'm no. going to i'm going to you know jump into your discord and start jacking ideas left and right so. for sure <laughs> this is my like one game of like this is going to be something i'll touch for time it's a long term investment cuz it's something that i can i need to find the group but it's not i know i'm not going to buy another game till the the winter like it this is gonna be kind of it for a long time for triple a title it also gets kind of scares me that it's on the switch because i'd be playing it everywhere you know what i mean like once you get the bug it's like oh i got 10 minutes yeah sure i can go do this no that's the thing you can do the missions that fast now you could go in and just drop it it's really nice for that uh on dragon's dogma i the fact too like i played it last year i was like this was in 2012 imagine if they gave that team this like hey do this now that game could only get better that game had so much potential for being a 2012 well they were they were doing this they teased the sequel as deep down okay because that was the code if you look on youtube and you look at deep down that was the sequel that was going to have full multi all that stuff but they they didn't get enough they did they sunk so many millions. It was a, the most expensive Capcom game to date. And oh, if, wow. if I tell you that that number, you're going to be like, uh, that was not that's not a lot of money to sink into this property. Um, Capcom's very a small, like, center. They're still sort of like family business. Yeah. Um, so th- that was a great endeavor. And it sort of dive-bombed. The marketing was... They, they spent so much money on the actual dev, they thought that the marketing would take off for it. That's going to be one of those games in like, like you said, in, in, in five, 10 years or someone picks it up later, they end up bringing a whole generation of people into bringing what that game is. Cause that game has. Yeah. Um, so, so what you're telling me is that in terms of development cost, they pulled the nega active. Yes. Correct. Yes. <laughs> they, 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 they revert, they, they shadow, they, uh, they did the shadow battle and they lost it oh, themselves. No. Um, but yeah, what, what, uh, what games, what game, what other games are you Yeah, what are you, what are you playing? Let's get into that and then we'll move to news. I'm playing Cyber Shadow is what I'm playing. 2D platformer by okay. uh, Yacht Club and, um, pretty good. Okay. 
Yeah, it feels like a Genesis game. I actually ended up beating oh, it. Oh, look week. at you. Yeah. Nice. And it was challenging there at the end. I feel like I come on this podcast and talk about how hard games are. You know, I played Hades, I played Doom Eternal, Cyber Shadow. So I've had some pretty uh, gruesome games on my lawn. You also played Pokemon Sword. Which was, so let's not. Well, come on. Nuzlocke Pokemon Sword. True. True. We did make it through. <laughs> Charles, you got to get him. <laughs> Charles, we got to get him with the Pokemon hey, I've, I've lore. Done, I've done Nuzlocke for RSC and Nuzlocke for uh, a Gen 4, too. So just <laughs> okay. okay. I should have came to you before I started because I got into some of those routes with the difficulty spikes. And it was like, oh, there's a team wipe. Cool. Yeah, no, this is great. Yeah, the, the craziest thing about a Nuzlocke is that it's just like super easy. He's flexing. Like 80% of the time. And then every once in a while, if something bad could happen, that'll just snowball into your entire party dying. And then you have nowhere to go. <laughs> a lot of players miss on it too is when you turn off the set battle so you can't get the free switch. If you turn that off, that's when the snowball rises a little more. But yeah, if you grind and you know, like you, if it can be fairly, yeah, I, I love a good Nuzlocke, but he was like, it ruined the Pokemon experience for him. He's like, this is not, Definitely. I don't have anybody good. Well, that and like, I didn't know the characters well enough. And if you don't know the types of characters going in, like it just became yeah, homework every time. It's like, okay, what type mm -hmm. is this? What's going to work? So it felt like more work than play. Did you have a different time with so, Hades or was it like hit and miss? I think it was a, I, it's a moderate. It's not as hard yeah. as people are getting. I think there's a lot of spoon feeding going on with these generations. So they're like, oh my God, this is the most difficult. It was like a seven or eight, mm -hmm. technically. It wasn't like What I noticed with Hades is it got a lot easier as you progressed through the chain. Yeah. So like that first time beating or get, escaping Hades was pretty awesome and difficult to get there but after you get through it the first time like you're getting you're crawling you have so many buffs with your character that are permanently um affixed to your character that it gets easier and easier the more you play it so i definitely feel the yeah. spoon feeding going on there so cyber so shadow was yeah. not as hard as sekiro for you correct <laughs> no because i actually finished cyber it, shadow. i didn't finish sekiro i was like ah Oh man, that's blasphemy! That was game of the. That was goatee for me two years, three, two years ago now. Three years, that ago. right? Yeah, that was goatee. I, I'm, I'm, a, I, I'm not a speed runner, but I can get through the main campaign, and that's that's saying something. <laughs> I'm not going. In, I'm not going into the underworlds. I, I, I'm like beating mainline bosses and just going path of honor and just doing what I got to do. You know. Uh -huh. So how about like Dark Souls? Were you on the Dark Souls train back? Then? No, no, no. I I'm more of a, 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 a Bloodborne Sekiro okay. player rather than the. Uh, I Soul. played Dark Souls because um, you weren't cool if you didn't play Dark Souls in gamer <laughs> circles. True. Everyone was like, "You're not a real gamer because you didn't play Dark Souls." No, I'll get the, fine, get I'll go the beat Dark Souls. No way, dude. Hate this game, but I'll play it. Just yeah, but that's such you. a that's, that's such a mid flex. You want to know why? Because those games are all pattern rhythm sure. games. So if I wanted to get into them, but here's the thing: Do I want to spend time studying the internet For and sure. rather than enjoy the, the, the difference here? There, there's and now there's a sect of people that are you're either born you're born like you can't do this souls born guy. I, you're either blood born guy, Sekiro person, or you're a souls. Yes, player. there's two camps. Um, or if you like, uh, what's that other game? The Fallen, um, the Shadows, Shadow, of the Fallen. Shadows of the Fall. It's the Souls Light or whatever okay. version that it was like the American Souls game. Mm -hmm. um, 
I just I don't dig that. I'd rather have something with higher, like lesser graphical fidelity sure. and a better storyline than just dodge dodge. You know what the real yes. flex is though? You, Ninja Gaiden NES. If you want to give them a real flex, you say, <laughs> yeah, hey, exactly. beat this," and then they yeah. come talk to me with a banging soundtrack. <laughs> I actually have played that game for, <laughs> for class. Well, that's the only re- that's the only reason I bought Messenger. I I I, I I'm Messenger is was my goatee 2018. Messenger, I put like over 200 hours and I have like a multiple. Then they have like this new Miami DLC that they came out last summer. Yeah, I, I didn't download it because I, if it would have been free, I would have downloaded But I was going to, I was like, I put too many hours into this baseline vanilla game. I'm not going to go back. There. I'm not going to go back. I'm looking into, so suggestions for your backlog. Uh, I'm looking into, uh, so besides our core games that we have, and I know Charles is interested in our backlog. We, 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 we don't want to promo stuff, but there's stuff that I have to, I have to plug because they're, it's brilliant. Um, so I'm checking out, so non Vox Pop stuff, uh, I'm checking out Disco Elysium and, uh, uh, yeah, and Naruto Boy, Narita Boy. Those two titles are like piqued my interest in like stuff, stuff like that. Narita Boy is pretty chill. It's uh, pulled by Team 17, which we're trying to get uh, uh, deals with to get onto Vox Pop as well. Team 17 is awesome. I work with them. Uh, 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 on like side titles for Capcom, that Narita Boy titles on Switch, it's on Steam, it's on everything. Uh, we're trying to get. I to- saw an ad for this the other day with like the Cyber Sword. They have yeah, that looks real cool. Yeah, the little the little ghost guy. There's a game on Vox Pop that looks like Narita Boy. It's uh, called The Gray okay. Man. So that's a more chill uh, reverse Pokemon game. It's by a dev team, a dev duo out of uh, Queens, New York, called Attack okay. Mountain. Uh, so we have a bunch of other stuff uh, on the platform. Uh, I'm looking to get into uh, Mother Gunship, which is a sequel to Tower of Guns. Um, and I'm looking to get into cri- this crypto game where it's a tower defense game where you're playing as Bitcoin and lithium pieces and you're like blocking. It's amazing. It's called it's called Crypto Against All Odds. So that's is the people's coin in there. I'm not going to spoil spoiler alert doge in there. Spoiler alert. <laughs> okay, um, okay. Yeah. That's what I'm looking forward to on like non Vox pop. And of course, Vox pop. one game that we signed very recently that I really like uh, is a uh, male mole. It's a 3d platformer. It's got a very friendly, bright poppy art style, uh, like uh, old 3d Mario games. Uh, but um uh seeing it in motion the way they handle motion the game it actually reminds me of the most is uh, uh super mario sunshine uh, how you could slide around uh mm-hmm. with the flood and uh to do all those like mobility and platforming challenges is really cool yeah you're you're, um, uh, you're a mole that digs under it, it's a perfect speedrunner game so we have a bunch of streamers oh, okay. that are already like collaborating to basically pump this game it just came out on the 20th of march so it's on it's only on steam and it's on vox pop and, and switch. Got a lot, oh. yeah sorry go ahead yeah well, it's it on, on it's but okay. yeah, support the dev on so i'll get it on, the on i'll get you it know, on you get more you get money from the purchase you get money for, you know what <laughs> right? i mean no that's i i'm interested i'm interested <laughs> and I, I you guys sold me today i'm gonna be doing that tomorrow i will i will screenshot on our twitter once the underpower is up and I'll awesome say, hey. cool no, 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 don't let me not twist your arm. Get it where you want to get it, get it where you're going to play it. But the game is awesome. If I may toot our own horn a little bit, yeah, please do. This is just proof <laughs> that we're dedicated to supporting independent developers yeah. and not just plugging ourselves. Yes, right? exactly. <laughs> I will download- Speaking of super hard games, 
Uh, one of the uh, one of Vox Pop's yeah. uh, exclusive titles is Elu. It's a Super Meat Boy style, yeah. uh, ultra tough 2D platformer. Uh, what's really cool about it is there's an online level creator with it as well. It was a uh, it was actually a bit of a technical challenge trying to adapt our platform to uh, make it possible for uh, them to support this level creator. Uh, and right. I'm also proud of. Uh, the fact that we got to contribute slightly to Elu as well. We gave them story notes. Uh, we did some QA testing for Elu. So uh, the Vox Pop team actually managed to get involved a little bit with that game. Um, it's really exciting. You got to spell. You got to spell it. So the game is E E A L U. So if you put elugame.com, so E A L U game.com, it routes to everything Vox Pop because it's a Vox Pop exclusive. Think. Terminator meets Celeste meets Mario Maker. That's the game. Oh, you just said Shelby's favorite word, Celeste. Ooh, <laughs> I love me, Celeste. Shelby, look at, go on go on the platform, friend up with myself and Charles. Um, Salami Attack, uh, Charles's uh, Speed Boots, Speed Boost Torchic. Um, yeah, torchic, so you'll, okay. Yeah, so in the speed uh, boost, the hidden ability. Good, 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 Charles. Good call. <laughs> that's speed, that's Charles's handle across everything. Uh, so yeah, salami attack. See, you'll friend up with us See. on the client. It, um, it, it's it's only because uh, it's only because I made my accounts before Sun and Moon existed. Otherwise, it would be Rowlet. Oh, you're a bird. I see Incineroar <laughs> all day, man. I'm the, I'm the big fat cat. Elgato Gordo. Look, I got a thing for cute birds. That's all I can say. <laughs> you know? My my top three Pokemon are Piplup, <laughs> Torchic. Well, you Rowlet. guys are fanboying. Oh, I'm sorry. trying to sell. I'm, I'm trying to sell Elu to Shelby, yeah, dude. Yeah. I'm gonna look at screenshots. I'm excited. Well, no, no, no. So, so Shelby, j- j- check out the check out the screenshots. We got a live trailer, so you can see the live trailer on uh, Vox Pop Games YouTube. Just type in Vox Pop Game, Vox Pop, uh, one word. So Vox Pop together, and then space games, space YouTube, and you'll see the trailer. We have it nice. on YouTube, all that stuff. And Charles, you said there's one more game. Oh yeah, um, Weaponeer. So um, what's cool about Weaponeer is that it's a game that's designed to be played with limited inputs. I think it's a great example how limiting the number of inputs doesn't necessarily mean you have to limit the complexity of uh, playing the game itself. It's a dungeon crawler uh, style uh, action game. Um, And what's really cool is um, the developer Plug World, when he came to us, um, he really wanted to find a way to get all of his proceeds to charity. and because uh, uh, because Weaponeer is designed to be played with limited inputs, we saw thought that it was a perfect opportunity to do a partnership with the Able Gamers Foundation, which is a nonprofit oh. dedicated to uh, uh, promoting accessibility in video games uh, for people with disabilities. Um, I'm very and, familiar. Uh, we actually managed to negotiate a partnership between Plug World and Able Gamers. Um, That's awesome. And uh, because of his dedication, we're also going to be adding a developer charity spec to Vox Pop very soon. Uh, they'll allow developers to dedicate a percentage of their profit to nonprofits if they wish. That is great. That's something Shelby and I talked about if we get into streaming to do stuff for nonprofit. Able Gamer is great. I know Mary Kish just raised yeah. like $500 for Able yep. Gamer. And then uh, Steven Saylor, the blind gamer, he always talks about Able Gamer. He's a great resource. You'll see, you'll see the branding. I mean, branding is everything. So they mm-hmm. they have to. We had to sign a specific partnership deal with Able Gamers to actually use their branding on our storefront. Uh, That's so wow. they, that was a that was a really powerful deal. 
for myself, my son uh, has, uh, uh, he was born, he had a, a birth injury. So he has um, uh, herbs palsy on his left side. So he has difficulty, you know, uh, combined. Yeah. So it, it's evening out. We're doing physical therapy, occupational therapy, and it's near and dear to our hearts, uh, uh, this charity. And the developer was like, I want to do this. I, I, he never knew about Able Gamers. And he's like, I want to do so much more and build That's it. To, awesome. So he went from uh, uh, 60 levels to now 120 levels. Uh, full story mode, Whoa. full palette. It's made for Vox Pop. So that's another thing that we could delve into a little bit. Uh, uh, it, made for games have exclusive content that are only available on Vox Pop. Oh, that's smarter, you guys. Shelby <laughs> yeah, well was like, when Avengers came out, he was really butthurt about Spider-Man only being on PlayStation. But I think it's great for when a company says, hey, if you do it for us, let's do this special thing. Like um, Soul Calibur having Link on the GameCube version. I always think those little exactly. nuances to, well, I want this version because I want Link or I want to get Spawn on the Xbox version, right? Like that's good for, for us. You guys. It's yeah. also a little alive. bit um, about recognizing reality, right? Vox Pop is mm -hmm. a new company. And what that means is we don't have the same financial resources as Valve, uh, you know, Valve or Epic, right? When it comes to exclusives, um, a, a lot of devs, they don't, they need to, we can't afford to pay them to compensate for the revenue they would potentially lose by not selling anywhere else, right? But what we can do instead is say, hey, we want to work together. We believe we can do more for you than any of these platforms will. You'll, you, you know, you could put your game out on Steam and they'll just ignore you. They're not going to do anything to help you, right? But we recognize that you got to eat, you know, you got to put food on the table and we can't pay you for all of that. How about we do an exclusive content deal instead, right? We think this is the best way that we can support our developers, uh, have content on this platform that will do more to support them, um, and but not close the door on them to where they, yeah, it, it, it's sort a skew variant. Work, I, it's uh, it's bread and butter platforms. from Capcom. It's a like I said, I have to pick the best ideas from everything. Uh, the, we went from Street Fighter, the best Street Fighter in the world. I don't care what anyone talks about is Four? Street Fighter Three Third Strike. Oh, okay, well, so Street Fighter Three Third Strike. <laughs> don't tell me four. You better get out of here. Street Fighter Three Third Strike is the epitome of fighting game. It's got the Daigo versus ah, yes, uh, Justin Wong yes. moment. Has all that stuff. So we're, 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 we have to go. You know, facts, facts, facts. Okay, uh, okay, okay. I'll give it to you. I'll so, give it but to yeah, you. but 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 getting back to the point of skew variants, uh, that nobody remembers Street Fighter Three, <laughs> and nobody remembers Street Fighter Three uh, uh, New Challengers Edition. Everyone remembers Third Street, right? Yeah, three. Uh, so giving things a skew variant, uh, it makes the storefront more palpable. It makes it more diverse. Uh, we have a bunch of games. Sword Car is a made for. We just launched a made for title today called Nowhere in Sight. So there's a bunch of devs that really have tied on to this idea. Like, hey, I could just put extra content in this and sell this as a SKU variant, and I'll still sell on you know uh, a GOG or Itch or Steam. But I'm gonna drive sales on this Vox Pop version because the the streamers can gain more because they're sharing content that is only seen on the version from this store. 
So it benefits the streamers as well. I love what you guys are doing. And and I'm obviously sold. Like, I've been impressed. So we're definitely downloading, talking, and all the <laughs> you things mean, you're You doing. mean the Street Fighter <laughs> comment didn't throw you off, Casey? I mean, you know, he can be wrong. It's okay. <laughs> like, I can disagree. You know, like, it's yeah, fun. This is an audio <laughs> podcast, so we're the only ones that saw you throw a man-sized fit when he said Third Strike went, is the best one. Mm, it's okay. It is. It's it's like the most memorable. I love four. I love four, but I worked on four too much. So like, <laughs> that's why I'm j- I'm jaded. That's like telling me GTA is the best game with all. I'm like, I don't want to hear it anymore. Third Strike has the hypest hype of ever for Evos. I'm a huge Evo nerd. I just think Street Fighter yeah. Four, like technically, is. What do you think about the Sony acquisition? Ooh, did I touch another of name? Evo? Yeah. Um, it's gonna hurt Smash. Uh, I'll tell you that much. Uh, <laughs> that, that's why, like, my first thought is like, "Oh no!" Because yeah. I love some Smash. Yeah, I love Smash, but uh, all the hypest Smash moments were outside Evo. Yeah, for sure, the salty sweets. Yeah, yeah, salty yeah. Sweet, yeah or, or just or CEO. Oh yeah, Apex 2015. Right for Bizarro sure. Flame, come on, that was great. CEO is gonna be. There's gonna be an uptick on CEO. I think it's good. So. I, I want more people watching fighting games. And if Sony's going to put money into it, that's fine. If they're just going to let it sit and have Evo, I don't know. It it could be good. It could be bad. I was I was like, oh, this is great. And then I realized. You're not hyped for Brawlhalla moments? No. Or no, like... no, I'm not. No. I'd rather watch, uh, what's the other, uh, Rivals of Aether. I think that would be Oh, yeah. Like, Rivals I love Aether. Rivals of Aether. I think that's a good platform fighter. And I would like to see more Injustice too. To be honest with you, if I wanted to see yeah. that one's a game yeah. that doesn't get a lot of. But no, I think the Sony acquisition can. It's only going to bring in more money. But Nintendo, I I wonder how they're going to toe that line. That's going to be a thing. And if they put PlayStation All Stars in there, they're I, not going to hype it. They're not going to hype anything from Smash. Smash is so, too much of a beast. So that's that's dead in the, dead in the water. I'm hoping Nintendo will go. Oh, okay. Now let's make our own circuit. Like I'm hoping this is the chess pieces moving, and Nintendo will finally say. Hey, because then then my dream, Mark, there has my got, dream is the movie The Wizard. I want to bring back the Nintendo Championship. I'm just telling you. From, I'm just telling you from like <laughs> the industry experience. I the the big the, the the most mad maddening system of trying to get things through uh, is Nintendo. And your dad should oh, know sure. like more. I know. So yeah. is the, you, you should know more than <laughs> you should know more than me, dude. There's no way it's going to happen. I dream of a world where I'm Fred Savage and my, <laughs> and, and it's the wizard, dude. I want the Nintendo <laughs> world championships to come back and just every year make it. Then, then you're going to have, then you're going to have to get, uh, you're going to have to get the, the sequel <laughs> to happen. Like they're doing with the, the mighty ducks. Of dude, Disney Plus. I've been watching that too. It's so good. If it's any consolation. Yes. As VR becomes more of a thing, we probably will get controllers shaped like the power glove. So yeah. at least yeah. some part of it will well, be better. Or my like rheumatoid arthritis your compression compression gloves. Well, let's move into news. I think we're just going to do one big news story this week. And the one that was interesting, and Charles had a lot of insight, was there was a big video game cheating ring busted. Uh, an organization known as Chicken Drumstick would allegedly take in $76 million in revenue from subscription-based video games. Uh it's known for Overwatch skin gambling, uh, and then some uh, a lot of stuff with PUBG. Now, you know, because reporting in 2021 is so good, uh, there's a lot of missing pieces of the story. So, Charles, I'll let you take the floor on what bothered you. Yeah, so um, uh, we got linked this article earlier today, and I, I kind of did a bit of a deep dive. The first thing I realized was that in the English language news articles, a lot of them, no matter what source they were, they were all like copy pasting from the same press release. Um, 
And so uh, there are a lot of omissions and sort of mistranslations type things. Uh, the first is the organization is not called uh, Chicken Drumstick. Uh, the organization right. is actually called Sharpshooter. Um, the shooter is capital S. Um, um and the the name okay. chicken drumstick like is their okay. uh is their aimbot that they built for um pubg mobile right so uh and I, I would actually say a better translation is chicken leg legs um because the the thing you need okay. to understand is that in chinese gamer slang uh uh tai chi, uh chicken means noob right um, and uh, the the Chinese nickname for PUBG is Chiji, uh, meaning eat chicken, because of the end screen where they say "winner winner chicken dinner." The phrase that makes no sense in Chinese is basically "congratulations on your victory, go eat chicken," <laughs> is what it says in Chinese, right? So, so the Chinese. Sorry, nickname- I, I don't want to derail you. I had an international student living with us uh, from Nanjing before COVID, and he would play video games all the time, and I always hear that phrase from him okay. yeah and i was always like oh, yeah. i wonder what he's doing and i knew he, that's hilarious to me he's talking tra- yeah. he's talking trash i mentioned this to you before the podcast but actually that's one of the things i really like about the chinese slang name for a PUBG, uh because chuzi mm-hmm. is both a reference to the end screen which is ridiculous as well as right. it also means killing noobs right so uh yes, it fits yes. really well anyway chicken. chicken legs means is a reference to this it's first a reference to PUBG's name but it's also saying that hey are you a noob we'll give you legs we'll prop you up right that's that's what the program means yeah okay. someone went into google translate and then just ran the story uh, across avap for sure again 2021 20, yeah. reporting accurate right you know what i actually i was curious about that i ran some of these terms through google translate and it doesn't actually do that. oh my god <laughs> I, that's why i think there's oh, some kind no. of press release that they're copying from um anyway so so uh right every article they said this is a hack for a game called game for peace game for peace they repeated it everywhere what's game for peace that's just the chinese name for PUBG, the official one (laughs) (laughs) why did they never say PUBG? i don't know but it's PUBG. they didn't want to give PUBG promo dude (laughs) what what got to me a little bit about this news story too is they tried to be really vague about what the hackers did um, and they're apparently being charged with a cybersecurity crime in China, which is like infiltrating a company's database. But I think it's BS because all they were selling were wall hacks and aimbot, right? It's all client side. If you want to create an aimbot, you don't you don't need to do some SQL injection, make a backdoor in the company's you know database type deal. It's all client side. You just get the locations of other players and you use trig to figure trigonometry to figure what angle you need to be pointing at. And that's all it is. It, it's not some crazy technical thing. It's 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 actually pretty trivial. But now that you're facing uh, death. And- oh, yes. Yeah, it, it's a crime that faces 10 years in prison, which I think is stupid. You know, it's like going to jail for a decade for jailbreaking an iPhone, right? Like, yeah. it's pure yeah. client side. I, 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 all of these articles too, the Chinese language ones, the 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 English ones, they like rewrote it a bit. But in the Chinese language articles, man, they are so vindictive <laughs> to these hackers. And I'm not saying they're good people, right? Uh, they seem like kind of douchebags. You know, they're spending the monies on like expensive cars and crap, right? right. They 
And, you know, this kind of hacking does ruin online gaming communities. I'm not saying nothing should have been done about them, but that they should go to jail for 10 years for a pure client side hack did not compromise anyone's user data, did not access, you know, this company's database is absurd to me. They broke 10 cents terms of service. Sure. But as far as I knew, that would be pissing off ten cent wasn't supposed to be against the law. Yeah, that that right? that, that right. the, so it's it, what I see it is it's they they poke the they poke the bear, and yeah. it, mm-hmm. if it was in the states, they would get slapped with fines, they would get perma banned. Like yeah. they, I spoke about this stuff. You, you mean there'd be reasonable? Yeah, there'd be reasonable recourse right? and 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 tangible yeah. like items of like okay, now we're gonna seize. X amount of all yeah, those cars. Yeah. yeah, yeah. I um, feel free to cut me off if this is not in the tone of the show. Losing no, I think I think I'm glad you guys are saying it because I think that's a very man. scary outcome, and it, it it's something people should be talking about and should be known that like hey, well they, there was there's a similar story in the United States government where the, one of the senators was trying to put in the COVID bill that you if you pirate any sort of uh, uh, movie or anything you'll get jail time as well. Yeah. No, so you, UFC was big on that. Dana White's been trying to get people that have been illegally streaming the fights. I'm a huge MMA fan. And so that was, I remember that was connected to the COVID bill, like you're saying. And again, like, obviously it affects the fighters when you illegally stream, but you should make your stuff more accessible. Because if you go to Europe, all those fights are on TV. Anyway, but that's like, that's me on my soapbox. Uh, but 10 years, no one should lose 10 years of your life for, over a video game. Right? No, there was no physical harm. There's no property harm. Unless it's Final Fantasy VII, then you lose uh, your whole <laughs> multiple lifetimes. My entire childhood. Yeah. Yes, yes. I blinked and I was 15. <laughs> the other thing is that even though all these articles talk about esports and how valuable esports is now and why anti cheating is important to esports, this hack had nothing to do with esports. Yeah, and esports this was PUBG Mobile. They would look at it, right? In any tournament play, like mm-hmm. they look at your rig and say, hey, no. Exactly. There's, yeah. there's rules and regulations in place. So this is very scary because Tencent has its tentacles and tendrils and everything, Yeah. right? It's in every business almost, and it's really a gross abuse of power. And I mean, it's sending a message, but if, uh, what what's next? What and what if, what do we find out about those guys in ten years? Are they going to be there? In 10 oh, years? Uh, they haven't been sentenced yet. That's just what they've been charged with. So the trial hasn't happened yet. Uh, just the arrest. So, yeah. Do you think they get the full ten? Uh, hard to say. Um, I I mentioned to you this before we started. Uh, I don't know that I'm an expert. I'm just bilingual. All right. <laughs> yeah. Right. But that should be a T-shirt, by the way. Yeah. <laughs> you, just, you just created our first yes, merch item. Yes. I may not be an expert, yes. but I am. I, well, you know what? I'm doing more research than the BBC sure. at this point. True. 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 <laughs> But um, personally, from what I know about the case, I think it would be a gross injustice if they got anything close to the, I mean, just even, even putting aside mm-hmm. my own beliefs about, you know, how justified this criminal case is, the fact of the matter is, uh, I just don't believe there is grounds to convict them of what they've been charged with, any reasonable Yeah, I mean, this is a big story so. too, right? It's circling the internet. I think they're getting what they want out of this article and that it's like a broadcast yeah. saying, hey, look, yeah. if you do this, this is the punishment that could be carried through. Exactly. To Tencent, this is a show of force. It's important to their brand mm-hmm. that gamers think they're doing everything they can to prevent cheating. When in reality, will this prevent cheating? Probably not. Yeah, it's more of a propagandized thing amongst the American, American propaganda. Um, the, the, Chi- the Weibo article I found um, 
mentioned that they didn't even take down all of Sharpshooter. They like specifically no. took down their Chinese division. So Sharpshooter is still out there. Sharpshooter, the, the Taiwanese sites that were selling these hacks are still up. So, you know, realistically, they, they, they probably did very little to take down, um, you know, botting and, and hacking. The link I found um, it too was the BBC. So it's interesting that like, and I always feel like it's just weird, the propaganda that's traveling all news. It's not just yeah, yeah. stateside. It's just, it, it's, they're all it's, running it's, the same clickbait, honestly. It's, it, it's, a, yeah. it's a, it's a play for clicks. I mean, we're, Shelby, Shelby knows where I'm going to go. No, 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 good, no. Shelby, where is it going? I need uh, to find out. So I think this ends with Casey hating the internet. Let's see. No, it's the most beautiful thing in the world. So I was a graduate of the Edward R. Murrow College of Communications. So broadcasting is okay. very important to me. And just quality news telling is very important to me. And that doesn't exist really in 2021 because everyone's trying to be first and not accurate. Mm. And I think the job of a reporter. So you must hate Twitter then. <laughs> I, I don't block and mute anything because I think that also like I feel like I'm so stupid I'm like I'm not going to mute anybody I'm not going to block them because that's me letting them win I'm just going to be like whatever and then it makes me mad the <laughs> uncensored some... uh, the uncensored anti-censored censored mm-hmm. squad right to censor mm-hmm. uh, no I uh, this all goes into a conversation I had in another uh, pod that has to do with every the, the cancel culture stuff and the cross cancel like with the Nintendo ads can- yeah yeah the yeah. Nintendo ads yeah. So the for for myself, uh, this story is just another tale of um, misuse of power, uh, misunderstanding of technology, of the freedom that we have and the responsibility that we have, uh, yeah. and what we're trying to accomplish. What you said, Casey, is spot on. Uh, it's first and not accurate, or first or not factual. Uh, I'm still sticking with uh, third strike is factual. Um, so <laughs> it's a lot easier if you download a cheat bot when you're playing. No, 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 no. Um, for sure. Well, no, they they built a whole Valorant like anti-cheat malware. Riot Riot spent. I mean, Riot is also Tencent. So Riot Riot is a huge. They took that game serious because there's so much botting yeah. on CS:GO. There's so much botting on all these like PUBG and stuff and Fortnite. So they Valorant's pretty clean. Yeah. I put I put a lot of hours into Valorant, and Valorant is very, it's very mm-hmm. robust when it comes to if people are botting or people doing crazy stuff. So they just gotta up there. We all gotta improve technologically. We always gotta pivot. We always gotta do different things to change to stay ahead of the curve. Just yeah. part of technological growth and trying to, you know. The one-upsmanship of piracy is True. Just never going to be outdone. There's always no, be the the pirates are always going to be a couple steps ahead. And it's like it's a weird balance too. It's like in sports when whatever the steroid they're catching right now, yeah, right, is two steroids behind in a way because there's already some new stuff that they're on that they can't detect. Like they're always moving ahead. So the cheaters try to push the. It's it's an interesting dance that we're seeing. Well, the the, the future yeah. might always move forward, but. Um, I don't. The classics never go away. Remember, in this case, it was aimbots they were selling. True, <laughs> Counter Strike era. <laughs> yes, Tales and sometimes time. it is the older stuff that's hardest to detect because, like I said, those aimbots are 100% client side, mm-hmm. right? So um, uh, there's only so much you could realistically do in terms of an algorithm to prevent this kind of. Uh, 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 I, I want this new story to be right. a new uprising in single player mm-hmm. story based awesome like key key art and awesome like gameplay and anal- like 
we're losing a lot of the stuff in the in the in the one-upsmanship. I think I, I I'm not saying I'm terrible at multi games or like fighting competitive mm-hmm. games, um, but I think that there needs to be a sort of like a, a, a changing of the guard when it comes to this stuff. There's there's obviously if it's not in a closed system, there's obviously gaming going on of the games. There's gaming, there's gamification and everything. Um, so if what what we can do now sure. is try and change the focus into yes. strong single player adventures that give you memories like that, like I dropped that name drop with uh, uh, Final Fantasy VII or even mm-hmm. Hades. Hades is going to be one of those things, or Celeste, or you know, e- we hope Elu or yeah, strong storytelling, uh, uh, multiplayer strong storytelling, but not multiplayer centric, uh, uh, collaborative co op games. We've seen it with the, you know, the, the rise right. of uh, Among Us and Fall Guys and all these other stuff, which are all also pivots that we're trying to accomplish with what we're doing with our store. We're trying to make all of these games that may not have the draw or attention of these AAA right. often botted games uh, redirected into the smaller developers that are taking time to handcraft, literally, uh, 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 physically uh, handcraft parts of their souls into these uh uh, non-tangible pieces of data. So, yeah, it's a crazy story. But uh, on a slightly ni- lighter note, uh, uh, you were so overjoyed think- to learn about uh, Tai Chi earlier. Yeah. Would you guys care to learn a little more Chinese gamer slang? Yes. If you want, <laughs> give me your best. Give me your best. So I know when people are cursing me out, I'd like to know. Oh, the best. Okay. Yeah. That other one isn't necess- isn't very PC. So here's. <laughs> okay. Here's a. Uh, uh, here's Tell me that, that one off like. air. <laughs> yeah. Let's not let's not get canceled. We're talking about anti-canceling right now. Anti-air canceling. I'm not necessarily worried about being canceled. I just don't want to make anyone uncomfortable, right? That's not what we're here to do. Um, but uh, one that I've always loved, yeah. that I always found yeah. kind of funny. If you want to say your teammates feeding. Like they're just being an idiot, right? You say they're pulling a W because okay. it's okay. like they're holding okay. the W the key okay. and just running forward and dying. <laughs> I mean, we could say that. I mean, but that's like, isn't that like, yeah. uh, what was that? Hold the W. Was that a Seattle thing? The W, the, oh, six man, the, the squad, not the six. Are you talking about the 12th man? The 12, not the W. The 12. Hold the 12. Yeah. Hold the 12. Yeah. That's the Seahawks. That's the, Seahawks. That's the fan. Yeah, see it's real, bro. I know. I know. I know. I like holding the W. I like that because it has so many. It's a double entendre too because like, oh, you're winning? Yeah, you're winning, dude. You're winning. If I'm telling you you're holding the W, I can yeah, say exactly. that. <laughs> you got to make that You got to make that happen yeah. in, in just American slang. Just like, <laughs> hold this W. But, like, but you're not winning. No. Hold this W for me, bro. <laughs> and uh, it just the facetiousness of it. That's why I quickly stopped playing Dota is because I kill, carried the W too many times. Oh, did right? you? There you go. Yeah. The mid. Like third time. It's like, yeah, I think I'm not going to play this game anymore. Uninstall. You read yeah. the chat and you're like, I feel really bad about yeah, myself. You just got to go back to LOL, though. You got to go back to LOL means. That gave me chills. No, I don't want I want to feel good. I don't want to feel bad. People are really mean on that game. Real mean. Like, uh, you. I don't I tune them out. I mute everything. I just oh, play my own very game. Smart. I avoid everyone. They're like, what are you doing? They, they spam the chat and, like, I'm, I'm over here. I'm, I'm over mid, dude. Yeah, dude. I'm in the jungle. <laughs> I'm <laughs> Speaking of MOBAs, one of the Chinese nicknames for League of Legends is uh, La La La, because LOL. And that means League yeah. of Hand Jobs or like League of Jerking Off. <laughs> That's how you insult people to play League. <laughs> 
That is a green. very different game on Steam that has a mature <laughs> rating, I believe. That's a uh, oh man, that's awesome. Now I can't play that game, no. Charles. Thank mm-hmm. you very Good. much. Now I have to stick to Valorant. Good, Good job, Valorant. Charles. You did it. You did it. Well, our final thing for you today, and I think it's a clear. We do a thing called Yeah or Nay, and we just broach a topic. And I have a question for you guys. So there is going to be a slowdown in games because of COVID. We're kind of starting to see the tapered mm. releases. Do you guys Triple A? Let's talk Triple A. That's AAA. exactly right. Okay. This is independent studios are going to boom. This Yay or nay to this topic. This is the time for independent studios to come and stand on their legs, make their name, and stick out. This is their time. This is the time for independent game uh, developers. So yay or nay? Yay or nay to this concept. Charles? I think that it's going to be a tough time for uh, independent developers. Right? To me, Indie Dev, I mean, obviously they are competition in a big way, right? But in, to me, Indie Dev's biggest competition wasn't really AAA uh, game companies directly. It's discoverability. Um, these days, first of all, because the pandemic is giving people plenty of time to pursue other pursuits, uh, to, there are more game development tools available than ever. More and more people, and it just gaming is cool now because... Uh, a generation of people grew up with gaming being okay, as opposed to gaming being the hands of the devil or whatever. For sure. Right. So more and more people want to go into game design. More and more people have the resources to learn how to become game designers. More and more people are making games and putting it out there. And that means more and more competition for indie devs. Discoverability is always going to be an indie dev's biggest nightmare. And if you are a neurotic introvert like me, and you've never been great with social media, and you don't already have a huge social media following, it's going to be hard for you specifically, right? That's why I started Vox Pop. It's because I knew that it was going to be hard uh, for me to market my games the traditional way, because I knew there was going to be a lot of stiff competition from other indie devs. Um, I... And more than anything, I just wanted to make a tool for people like me who aren't really, you know, already the popular kids to get their, to get the word about their game out there. I do think this is going to be a tough time for indie devs, um, but I think it's going to even out, right? What's going to happen is maybe a lot of people who had the dream of being indie devs um, are going to realize how hard it is once they actually try to, to do it. Uh, and maybe... Uh, and more market opportunities will open up. People like Vox Pop, we are coming in and we are trying to solve some of these pain points. Uh, but I think for now, it's going to be a hump, actually, for the average dev. I think we're going to see lots of viral successes, right. right? You have plenty of big name indie successes, but you're not going, you know, for every Undertale and for every, you know, uh, Among Us, for every Fall Guys that exists, there's going to be, you know, a, th- a thousand other indie games that never broke right. through, right? So we can't take the fact... So just because there are going to be more viral successes now doesn't actually mean it's going to be easier for your average everyday indie mm-hmm. death. That's mm-hmm. what I think. So, light, so lightning. lightning. But it makes sense. That's like, that's the grown-up answer, I would say, because it's... You guys work in the space. I, I'm thinking in my mind that if your product's... Good, and like you said, those feathers in the cap, it's proven... Your product's good. It stands the test of time. Like Celeste was a game to me that mm. when it came on the scene, it's just a quality game. Anybody that plays games will say this mm. good music, play, feel, that one more, that loop is great. Right? And I think we're going to see the games that are 
very polished that the like super meat boy or any of these indie independent uh, independent developers that make a really well polished game this will be their time to shine in my mind if it's if it's quality but i think the majority there's less success stories than there are uh there's more failure than there are success stories along the way i think show me what show me what do you i'd like to say about the polish yeah go ahead that's all right it's tangentially related Right. Speaking speaking of visual polish, right, polish and flair, um, that's actually one of the toughest things about marketing certain genres of games, like visual novels, um, or puzzle games, or narrative games, especially you know uh, uh, any games that are primarily text based. Um, any of these games that don't do well in a trailer, that don't look well in in you know motion. It's gonna. You're gonna. What you really, really want more than anything is someone to stream it. You need someone to actually play it because sometimes the experience of playing this game is is something that you don't necessarily aren't able to capture right. properly in a trailer. Mm-hmm. Uh, and that's another uh, thing that Vox Pop aims to make easier for developers who who cater to genres that don't cut well for trailers and might not look great yeah, on Reddit. Or, or a screenshot. A you know, you can't really figure out what a game is about in a screenshot. It's about the loop. It's about the experience. I, I hope that, you know, the slowdown in 3A and AAA releases in the near future does allow more of these indie games to go viral, you know, because they hopefully have more space to where they can get the exposure they need to continue to make those indie games, right? As people pursue this as a passion project, maybe they're good at it, maybe they're not, but maybe they've made a really good game and no one's played it, right? And I think that's where you guys come into play is that you're trying to expose these indie games that aren't getting the bandwidth that they deserve. So hopefully the slowdown in those 3A releases, AAA releases, can allow a few more of those indie games to go viral, would be what I would hope to see. Um, I think that it's definitely, without as many releases, yeah, they're going to get more of a lane, you would hope, but I don't think it's going to be enough Um, considering all the content that's coming out in that space. It's hard to say yay or nay specifically. Um, this is an indie games renaissance and we have to also expand on the terminology of what an indie game is because I technically wouldn't consider Hades an indie game if it has multi-million Supergiant was, yeah, they're they're out of that game. Yeah, Supergiant is owned, it's a multi-million dollar company. Bastion might have been their only independent and then they blew up after that, right? Yes, so so that, but but that's the goal for every indie dev, so that's another thing. So trip so anything from garage devving to triple I games, right? That's gonna be the the bread and butter for everyone. You want you want to start out as a small collective, one two person team, and then build out into this major triple I game style player. That's what Supergiant would be right now. Right. Uh, what I see is uh, indie game renaissance, unlike anything we've ever seen in the history of mankind. Uh, a lot of those games going into shovelware or like patterning off of main style games so you, you're going to see a lot of clone style games and then you're going to see a lot of innovation on these games that have tropes like what we're mentioning with elu and with weaponeer that they play similar to something right. but they are just so different enough that they exist in their own sort of realm and in their own sort of territory and lane um so for me it's a light yay uh but i i'm still hesitant to state uh similar to uh, contrary to what Charles is stating. Uh, 
I'm not going to go against that grain. I'm, I'm going to say discoverability is going to be the main determining factor uh, for the next go round of just creators. If you can't become your own brand, there was an article I was reading a couple of days ago about the, the branding of games. Games are going to become brands. Among Us is a brand. For sure. Fall, Fall Guys is a brand. Yeah. Hades is a brand. So if you don't have a good brand in your small, mm -hmm. succinct art piece of a game, then you're already like we're trying to build these games that are on our clients to be a brand and teach them all of that all of the things that we know from design mm -hmm. perspectives from marketing perspectives from streaming perspectives and also learn so have a big gumbo uh, uh, uh filled with ideas and ideation and then bringing something to well, the community that really that hasn't been seen perfect. before i think we are going to end it on that i think there's a lot for listeners to think about so where can our listeners find more of YouTube? Uh, if you want to learn more about Vox Pop, you can go to voxpopgames.com. You can find our store there. Uh, you'll find uh, our news blog and, of course, uh, links to our yeah, socials. We're on every just Google Vox Pop Games. <laughs> There's a lot of stuff there. There's so much stuff Holly and, Holly and the team are trying to are putting together. So voxpopgames.net or .com. And those links will be in the description below today. Awesome. So anybody listening can click and go. Thank you, Shelby. Thank you, Casey. Thank you so very, very, very much yeah, dude. for the time. Yeah. yeah, thank you, Charles. Mark, for being with us tonight. It's been fun, man. Really enjoyed it. Yes. We yeah. went longer, and I know you guys were short on time, but I really enjoyed the conversation. So I really appreciate you two staying up. No, that, that, I mean, the, what you had, like, we could go for another another hour, but I'm All right. passing out. Set the time. <laughs> No, no, I'm passing. I'm passing out over here. I got work tomorrow, guys. <laughs> I know you guys too. I'm on spring break. Oh, exactly. Well, there you go. I, there is no, there is no, there's no sleep in Brooklyn right now. So yeah. We're good. True. Since we're done filming, before we head out, do you want to hear that bit of slang that I wasn't sure? We're still recording, so no. Oh, we're still recording. <laughs> we're that's why you cut it. That's why you cut the podcast. <laughs> yeah. Shelby, do you want to do our outro really quick? And then, uh, sure. Yeah. If you want more of us, feel free to follow us on our social channels in the attached description. Our website is underpoweredmedia.com. Check us out on Twitch. We're underpowered TV. Discord's going on. Chat with us at any time. Leave us a review. Five stars, if you would. That is a wrap for this week. We are out. Player games.